You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Bill Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid conservative and just plain right. Well, welcome to Monday. It's a Monday all day long, y'all, 2.06 p.m. And luckily, Boomer's running the board. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm awesome. Good weekend. Beautiful day. I'm I'm here, ready to go. It was like a drab weekend, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. And, and Charlene and I, neither one of us were feeling good. I bet we spent most of the weekend like just laying around going, you know, and the outside was like dreary and it was like, good Lord. Like, come on. So the sun's shining today and life's good. That's right. I'll take Monday over that kind of Saturday any day. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, we got, a, we got a great show for you. I got no callers on purpose because my content was just too thick. So that being said, let's hit the triple dipper. Go, buddy. The triple dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. So number one, right out the gate, y'all, they found more documents at Biden's Delaware. Boomer texted me this week and goes, have you seen this? (laughs) Yep, I just saw it. I mean, about the same time he did, I saw it. Like, good Lord. So yeah, they found another tranche of documents. So number one of the Triple Dipper is called the Paper Chase but it's called the paper chase. Ask why. So I have, I am, I am beyond the, the notion that, oh, they just found some papers. That's embarrassing. No, 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 no. I think Biden's getting thrown under the bus. We're going to talk about this in, in, in more detail. But number one on the triple dipper, the paper chase. Ask why. All right, number two, law and order. Did you see that Atlanta went kaboom over the weekend? Literally, Antifa in our neighboring state, immediately to our east. Atlanta, of all places. Hotlanta. How many times have those of us who live here gone over to Atlanta for one thing or the other? I don't know if it's Six Flags or anything else for that matter. Atlanta. It's a place where we we identify with. It's home. It's a southern state. And Antifa decided to have themselves a night of rage. Well, first of all, kudos to the Atlanta police who weren't taking it. But secondly, it happened. And we're going to talk about that and a number of other things that are going on, all related to number two on the Triple Dipper. Law and order. So yeah, we'll 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 cover down on that. And then lastly, so this morning I was doing you know my resourcing for the show, and it really struck me. I found multiple articles where it's almost like okay, there's a new theme emerging. Like how dare we use the word woke? How dare we use the word woke? We can't co-op that word. It's, it's racist for us to co-op that word. It it's it's made up. It's not real. I got man, I tell you what, here's the title of number three on the Triple Dipper. We know woke when we see it. Don't try and tell us it's not there. We know woke when we see it. You know what? Just just back off. Deal with it. We know woke when we see it. That's number three on the Triple Dipper. All right, yeah, that's going to be some good content. Y'all are welcome to call in. The text lines are already open, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. But let me, let me jump over to my comments. Because something else, <laughs> something else made me mad earlier today. 
I mean, first of all, have I mentioned that I enjoy coffee? I mean, I actually enjoy it. Uh, I believe I've been drinking coffee like literally most of my life. I can remember in elementary school, my mom waking us up on school days with what she called coffee milk, which was probably more milk than coffee. But I've generally drank it black in my adult years. I typically like it robust. And one day I'll have to tell the story about the best cup of coffee I ever had that was consumed during a combat operation in Baghdad. But I say all that to lead up to the fact that I saw a headline this morning from the New York Post that said that climate change activists are now of the belief that people need to drink less coffee in order to lessen the effects of coffee drinking on, you guessed it, climate change. Shut up. Apparently, Canadian researchers who have nothing better to do than to make the rest of the world miserable have determined that in general, the world needs to, quote, moderate its consumption of coffee as part of saving the planet. So of the four major ways of making coffee, that's, you know, like filter brewed, coffee pods, French press, and instant coffee, the research geniuses found that the instant coffee had the lowest carbon footprint of all. It also tastes the worst. Go figure. Let me start by saying that I enjoy coffee, and I'm pretty sure God created coffee, and I will not be at all surprised to get to heaven one day and find that coffee is commonly consumed inside the pearly gates. Just saying. But I will also add that it will be a cold day in hell with a very large hole in the ozone before you can convince me to quit enjoying a good cup of hot coffee. So how about this for an answer to the Canadian activist researchers? No. Not just no, but no. Not going to happen. And I feel certain that I'm not alone in that sentiment. But have you ever noticed that when liberals feel the need to take up a cause, it generally means that we all have to face sudden and often irrational demands to change our behaviors? Think about it. Climate change, save the whales, acid rain, abortion, drag queen story hour, whatever. The list goes on and on of liberal efforts to recalibrate the world in their image. And it usually involves getting us out of their misery. We have to change something so they can do what they want to do. It ain't, it ain't the way it's supposed to be. In 2002, I had a direct confrontation with a screaming liberal in Afghanistan. My team operated remotely, lived among the Afghan people for the better part of a year. We ate their food, we wore their clothes, we drove old Toyota trucks, sometimes we rode horses, and as you might expect, we all grew beards. And having a beard was just part of the identification with the population. It was also pretty cool. I also had a picture of the resistance hero, Ahmad Shah Massoud, in the windshield of my old Russian U.S. Jeep. I was on a first-name basis with the local warlord, the provincial governor, and countless other local leaders. We broke non-bread in their houses, and as part of my mission, I was there to also help administer U.S. aid for reconstruction and the startup of the new government. It was pretty amazing. Maybe one day I'll write a book. But in the early days, there were plenty of those NGOs, those non-governmental aid organizations, trying to make their name in the former Taliban strongholds. So we would daily hear of UN trucks in the area or aid groups there to teach a millennia-old culture how to bake bread or build energy-efficient housing or something ridiculous. And some were fly-by-night hoping for a government contract, but some were traditional NGOs that always showed up and often carried their agendas with them everywhere they go. So imagine my surprise to go to a meeting at the provincial governor's headquarters and find other aid groups there who immediately took issue with my presence. Why? Because I was a U.S. soldier. And not just because I was a U.S. soldier, because I was a U.S. soldier who was getting more done than they were while wearing Afghan clothes and a beard. The worst of these extremely pious do-gooders was a French group called Médecins Sans Frontières, or Doctors Without Borders is their English name. And I'm sure they've done some good somewhere. 
But on the first opportunity we had to coordinate, they made quite the stink that I needed to change into a uniform and shave my beard. You are putting us all in danger, they said. Well, people may think that, you know, we are you or you are us, they said. So I looked at the smug guy with the French accent and reminded him that he wouldn't even be in Afghanistan right now if the U.S. hadn't paved the way and he could take a flying leap for all I cared. I didn't go over very well. After which, he honed in on my beard. You should shave your beard, he directed. I stayed calm. I gave him one of those looks and just asked, what are you going to give up? What is this? What do you mean? He retorted with a confused look on his face. And I said, look, you sit here demanding I make changes. I want to know what changes you're going to make. Are you taking safety precautions? Are you going to shave your beard? Have you ever considered hiring armed guards? Because I'm not your issue. You're in Afghanistan. That's your issue. And I'm not shaving off my beard. Let's just say the meeting didn't last much longer, and I'm pretty sure I didn't see him anymore after that. But it illustrates my first point, that every time liberals want to make a cause come to life, you know, like making us stop drinking coffee to save the environment, well, they take up the mantle of some magical save-the-world drama, and their plan always seems to include things that everyone else must do to modify our behaviors to fit their flavor-of-the-month mission. Well, how about this? The next time the elite of the world fly their personal jets to gather in Davos at the World Economic Forum to tell us to lower our carbon footprints, I want to first hear them say they have switched away from such a large greenhouse gas-emitting cavalcade, and they will instead lead by example and just meet by Zoom and trade emails. Or how about this? The next time a Democrat governor like Gavin Newsom tells us that science dictates that we all close our businesses, socially isolate, and wear masks— I don't want to see him out at a $1,000 per plate dinner at a swanky back room of a highbrow restaurant, chumming it up with his friends and no mask on. Or how about this? When churches, when churches are told to sit quietly and not fuss about being closed by government action, I want to see liberals take an equal stand against their friends in Antifa and Black Lives Matter who openly riot in the streets without fear of recourse. I mean, it's not too much to ask, in my view, for liberals to realize that just as revival starts in the person, that perhaps their liberal do-gooder causes should also start with them before they demand that the whole world get on board and change vast layers of culture. Meanwhile, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to keep enjoying a cup of coffee. And maybe one day, maybe one day Charlene will let me grow my beard back. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. Yeah, uh... I'm telling you, liberals, they literally look for things that we have to change so they can do what they want. They literally need to modify our behaviors, our eating habits, our, the me manner in which we work, the things that we drive, whatever the case may be, so they can meet their agenda. And how many times have we seen them demand certain things of us, while at the same time, not reciprocating on their own? Dude tells me to shave my beard off. Go shave your own, dude, while I drink coffee. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Having too much fun in the studio. I just yelled, what, at Boomer? I didn't realize my mic was hot. So if the world heard me yell, what, Boomer? Just... <laughs> that was what do you, funny. What do you do was, with that guy? I was sitting Phil. over in here and going, oh, so close. And he couldn't tell what I was saying. It was We're almost at 110,000. Shut downloads. up, really? Yeah. So I, I was... thought we were like 107 over the Friday, yeah, weren't we? We were, I mean, we were like 100, yeah, 108 or something like last Friday, and now we're already up to 110. It's I just crazy. met with a guy Friday to talk about you know our, our, our business and what all we're doing. Because Right Side is a business, y'all. It's, it's a separate, standalone business. We don't work for any one station. We're a syndicated show. Uh, right Side Media is the company. Anyway, all that to say, I met with a guy on Friday, boom, and I told him, hey, we're at 107,000 downloads. No, we're, we're now today we're at 110, almost 10. Oh, man, I'm talking like it'll hit probably before the end of show. Sweet. Yes. Isn't that cool? That I mean, is, that is crazy. Thanks, guys, for listening. I mean, how, I, that's just awesome. Um, that's just and by awesome. the way, we're still adding yours coming up here pretty soon. Coming up. Uh, we got a week and a half. And Boomer we'll, and McQueen. That's right. Boomer and McQueen on the right Where did you get that graphic? Where did you get that? So you got, by the way, that was like epic cool. So they've got like a cartoon image of them doing the podcast. Where did you get that? I had somebody like just a caricature guy just you know, uh, draw it up for us just to <laughs> see that, what it would look like. Is, are you going to use that? We'll, we'll use it. We'll use it here and there. Probably. It's, it's really funny. It's, it's actually, it's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I know all the social media stuff and, uh, all that'll just be starting this week just to ramp everything up for next week. Okay. So if y'all aren't tracking what we're talking about. So, uh, as a part of right side uh, media, which is, you know, the owner of right side radio as a part of the overall here, uh, we're adding to the fray. So, uh, Boomer and his uh, sweet wife, which we call McQueen on the air, but Boomer and McQueen are doing their own podcast, and they'll be kicking that up. Uh, it's, it's already it's already kicked up. You guys have already gotten several in the hopper, but, uh, but right. I know you, you're, you're getting geared to actually launch on February 1. That's right. Wednesday, because obviously Wednesday we want it to be a great day, not just, well, oh, it's well, it's camel day. It's camel day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, good. Hey, and by the way, uh, Boomer, just so you know, uh, Charlene just texted in about my monologue and she said, good one. And nope, which means I'm not growing. <laughs> no she no said, more beard. Yeah. So, so the, the, the freaking liberal from medicine, Sans frontier uh, can scream and I won't shave my beard off. But Charlene says no beard. I got no beard. No beard. That's K. <laughs> Fine. I'm not a kept man. I'm a grown, I'm a grown man. I can do what I want to do in my house. Except grow a beard. <laughs> Except grow beard. Yeah, gum it. Oh, all right. Uh, we got we got plenty of texts about that too. Um, uh, Michael from Madison. And, he, and and by the way, I may have been a little chippy when I replied to him. I hope he wasn't. Uh, anyway, Michael from Madison texted in because forget coffee. If they want to actually change something for the better and something to focus on, then draw attention to avocados, which I, just seems so random to me. He said it's a major cash crop, and the amount of money it takes to grow avocados, it's so insane. Third world countries put so much of their water into it while their citizens die from lack of water. I am not familiar with this, but I responded with, save the guacamole. Um, <laughs> but maybe this is legit. I mean, I'm, I'm not aware of avocados being a drain on the resources of these countries, but that's, that's news to me. Uh, Mark from Red Bay says, I usually drink one cup of coffee a day. I think I'll start drinking two now. <laughs> I'm generally a three-cup man, I'll be honest with you. Three cups, like for In the a day. day? For a day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like I have my first cup somewhere around 4.30 or 5 in the morning. I have my next cup when I get down here to the office somewhere around 8.45-ish. Um, and then I have my 
third cup of coffee as the show starts, and I'm sitting here with it in my hands That's, as yes. we speak, in my right side coffee mug. In the right side coffee mug. Um, yeah, so so all that. Uh, Allie from Athens, she said, uh, uh, I think we need to start the Pearly Gates Coffee Co-op so we can fund Save the Rocket. <laughs> 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 nice. Speaking of which, I believe we're going to have uh, one of our local legislators, uh, State Senator Tom Butler, and I have been communicating. Uh, he should be on the show tomorrow at four uh, talking about Save the Rocket. Um, hey, by the way, the interview we did with uh, Representative Mac Butler Friday here in studio, you may recall we talked about Save the Rocket because Representative Mac Butler was the sponsor of the Monument Preservation Act of 2017. I was there to support it and vote on it. But my friend Mac Butler, who serves in the state house, uh, it was his bill. He and Senator Gerald Dow were the two spon- uh, Gerald uh, Allen were the two uh, sponsors. So um, anyway, uh, Butler was here. Mac Butler was here in studio Friday. He said he believes that rocket should indeed actually be protected under the Monument Preservation Act. 1819 took his interview and ran a story on it today uh, on 1819 News, and. Um, and then we're going to see whether Senator Butler agrees or what he thinks about it that's in his district. I believe District 2, which is what he serves in, in the state Senate, uh, I think the rocket falls in his district. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And if nothing else, I think he also has a Space and Rocket Center in his district. Mm. Um, Tony from Piedmont talking about coffee. He says the MRE Espresso Gulp. Indeed. So MREs. <laughs> Tony's a military guy. So MREs, I can tell you too, Tony, if you've ever been to the field and you were running short on energy, you probably did this. You take the instant coffee pack out of your MRE and put a pinch between your cheek and gums like you would uh, just a, like a little pinch of dip and, um, and, and just let that caffeine absorb directly into your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. Ranger, Rangers got to have tricks. Yes. Um, what else have I got in here? Uh, T-shirts for everyone, says Leanne from Huntsville. <laughs> um, says... Uh, but instead of the rocket, uh, uh, what's she saying? <laughs> oh, there's a picture there. Instead of the rocket, it has a giant Bucky. Oh, <laughs> giant Bucky. No, we don't want a giant Bucky. We want a freaking t- rocket. I want a rocket. Uh, Daniel from Tullahoma says coffee is liquid personality for some. I agree. It's the elixir of life. It's the nectar of the gods. It is, it is, it is part of what drives my day. It is, it is what makes a day good. Well, okay. Maybe I'm overdoing it, but I like coffee. How about that? All right, folks, we're coming right back. We're jumping right into number one of the Triple Dipper, the paper chase. Ask why. Ask yourself, hey, why is all this happening to Biden right now? What the heck? I mean, what did somebody lift the hand of protection from this guy? I mean, I look at it and go, okay, Hillary Clinton could do no wrong, despite the fact that she did far <laughs> worse. And now Biden, like MSNBC is even wearing him out. We'll talk about it. The paper chase. Ask why. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. We are 
And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, text lines have blown up today, Boomer. And, and by the way, I got to tell you, if you want to text in or call in, it's the same number, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people that are on the, still on the save the rocket train, except for <laughs> except John, John from Huntsville. Huntsville. He goes, Oh, you're talking about the rocket again. Come on, man. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a Joe Biden quote, John saying, come on, man. And then what are you a junkie? Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of <laughs> rocket stuff on here, but, um, going about what you're about to talk about, Daniel from Tullahoma. Yeah. He's taught, he said the stage is being set for Biden to be removed via the 25th amendment. Oh. So he is saying he, that's, that's his thoughts. That that would that would be interesting. Although I think <laughs> I think it's more likely they're just trying to convince him not to announce he's running again, right? Because they want him out of the way so they can throw all their weight into somebody else to challenge Trump or DeSantis or whoever we bring. Yeah. Um, but but you know what though, if the Twenty Fifth Amendment is going to come into play, um, it's going to be a clear admission that they openly and and and, and just basically went to all in for a guy. Who was not fully capable of holding the office? Right. I mean, absolutely. And then on the other hand is like they found more documents. More. Come on, man. You knew <laughs> if you knew they were there. Why are they still? Why were they still there? What are you a junkie? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. What are you man. a junkie? You dog faced pony soldier. <laughs> God. Hey, I did have one text. I got to say though, from Alice from Huntsville. Mm-hmm. So when I said that Charlene did want me growing a beard. She texts me and she goes, the more I listen, the more I wonder who wears the pants. And I said, I do. I wear whatever pants my wife lays out. <laughs> and, she, and she responded back, that's what my daddy did. And if they were different when mama came home, he heard about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, let me, let me jump in. By the way, keep on texting. I love, I love throwing in comments. And there's more than I can get to right now. Um, so, yeah, Boomer and I get all the texts, and we go through them, and we do the best we can to get your input in there. If you want to comment about the subject at hand, bring it. If you want to comment about the uh, monologue we just did a moment ago about liberals, you know, basically asking us to change our ways so they can do their thing, yeah, bring it. Um, but let's jump into the, mon- the, 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 the monologue, the, the, the first part of the Triple Dipper, the paper chase. Ask yourself why. So I'm going to, I'm going to outline some, there's details to this story that you you almost have to, well, you have to do what we do here at the show. You have to go out and pull resources from a variety of angles, sometimes even contrary to what this show stands for in order to get the bigger picture. It's what, you know, if you're an Intel guy and there's some of y'all out there, I know we're Intel guys. It's what we call all source intelligence gathering. You're looking or open source intelligence gathering. You're out there looking at the various things being said in different places, putting together a patchwork quilt that forms into one cohesive unit. I'll start with this one. This is the one that I think is the most descriptive of what's occurred here most recently. In case you have not heard, this is unbelievable. In case you have not heard, they found more documents, more classified documents this past weekend at Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. Now, let me... Let me paint a picture here. This is the same president who his press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said there are no more documents after they found the tranche of documents at the Penn Biden Center. Then they found some. Next to his Corvette in a cardboard box. So, yeah. 
That's uh, that's interesting. And then on top of that, you've also got the fact that they said that they were done then, and yet they then invited the FBI, apparently, to do a more comprehensive search. And they found more. This time, the FBI literally spent just short of 13 hours at Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home, searching it from top to bottom. So, yeah, storyline here on Fox News, dated this past weekend, the Justice Department seized additional classified records from President Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home after an FBI search on Friday. It says, on, Jeff, on January 20th, 2023, the FBI executed a planned, consensual search of the president's residence in Wilmington, Delaware. Let me point out here, if this is a planned, consensual search, putting those words together clearly implies the president does not know what he's got in his possession. Y'all hear me on this? I've not heard anybody else say this. The truth is, for, for him to go, well, I mean, uh, y'all, okay, listen, go, go search my house. I mean, see what's there. And they find stuff. It clearly means he doesn't know what's there. They had to search the whole house to find what they found, which I'll get into in a minute. But we, we don't hear anything about how the president gave a clear indication that within a locked safe in his study, there were documents that may be responsive to the request. No, they didn't say that. They said it was a planned, consensual search of the president's residence, meaning he doesn't know what he's got. I mean, I look at it and think, okay, I realize that Trump had issues, all right? I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen, that, that Mar-a-Lago, you know, that there weren't documents that were concerning to some people. But let me point out how that went down. Again, as if some of y'all hadn't heard it. At Mar-a-Lago, a facility behind a wall, guarded by the Secret Service, with its back against the water, in a basement, in a closet, in marked boxes, with locks of the kind that were requested by the archives in the first place to be put on the door of the closet, were documents that the president, the former President Trump, admitted that he had, he just felt he had a right to keep them, and archives wanted them back. They were already negotiating with the attorneys from the DOJ for the return and the disagreements were being resolved, at which point they decided, you know what, screw you. We're just going to bring sit over there and, and have a, a large raid on Mar-a-Lago. And they brought search warrants and they raided the facility. The facility, by the way, they had to coordinate with the Secret Service at the gate, but they raided the facility. So that's how it, that's how it was at the Trump. Now, was it right? I, I, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying he should have had those documents. He better have a piece of paper somewhere that says these are declassified on so-and-so date. He'd better. I'm not hearing that he has it yet. But then you got the Biden version. His lawyers, for reasons we still don't understand, went to his old office at the Penn Biden Center. The Penn Biden Center was not even created until a year after he left the vice presidency. And, oh, they find documents in a closet from his term of office in the vice presidency that were top secret. What in God's name? And you got to know the pucker factor went up. And then they thought, what do we do with this? Sir, have you got any more documents anywhere? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a box in the garage next to my Corvette. What's in the box? 
Uh, seems like there may be some stuff from my time in office. Okay. So they go to his Wilmington home and they go to the garage. Now, keep in mind, that was not a search of the overall. That apparently was a, a trip to the garage to the boxes. And what happened? Yeah, the boxes had classified documents. Some marked top secret. Holy crap, we found another round of documents. Sir, for the love, what else have you got? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what do we need to do? Well, sir, we're going to have to search the whole house. Okay, go, go right ahead. I'm, I'm imagining the conversation. But for them to go and find the first round in the boxes, excuse me, the second round, in the boxes, means they had to know to go to the boxes. But they didn't search the whole house. They went back for a second full-on search of every nook and cranny and drawer and closet and, you know, whatever in the entire house. And they found more documents, which clearly indicates to me Biden had no idea what he had. None. Didn't have a clue what he had. So he had to send them to do the Easter egg hunt. And they found them. Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, said Saturday evening the search covered all working, living, and storage spaces in the House. And then here's the next phrase that I find to be very telling. This is a quote from Bob Bauer, which is Biden's personal attorney. It says, at the outset of this matter, the president directed his personal attorneys to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice. At the outset of the matter? At the outset of the matter? At the beginning of all this, Biden didn't know what he had, so he said, well, we'll do whatever you want to do. So nowhere in there do we hear the denials. Y'all, I don't have any documents. Y'all, I was a vice president of the United States. What do you mean, questioning me right now? None of that. All, all we got is at the outset of the matter, yeah, he decided to go ahead and say, what do you need, fellas? I mean, if you want to go look, you can. And they did. It says, accordingly, having, this is Bauer again, having, having previously identified and reported to the DOJ a small number of documents with classification markers, and in the interest of moving the process forward as expeditiously as possible, we offered to provide prompt access to his home to allow DOJ to conduct a search of the entire premises for potential vice presidential records and potential classified material, which they found. Now, okay, before I go to the break, let me lay out another piece for you that I've not heard anybody else talk about. Here's the quote of the aftermath of the, um, the search this past weekend. It says the DOJ took possession of materials, materials, plural, that it deemed within the scope of its inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate and some of which were from his tenure as vice president. Several things in that statement from Biden's personal attorney. The DOJ took possession of materials. They're not all called documents. Some are called materials. I would, I would hazard a guess, having worked in the classified arena myself, I would hazard a guess that when they say they took possession of materials, that they actually found files and or dossiers and or boxed sets of documents and things that related to each other. When you take five things that are not classified and you put them in a dossier and then you add the one piece of documentation to them that is classified, you have just created an entire classification 
process for all of those things together. Apart, they might not mean much. Together, they present a picture. It's like pieces of a puzzle. And so when you find the materials they're saying, some of which include six items with classification markings, it doesn't mean those six items are all you got to worry about. They're just six items. They're just six things. Don't worry about them. It's just those six things. No, no. What were they with? What did they enlighten? Did they come packaged with other materials that when that one piece of classified material gets added to it, it paints an ugly picture that no one should ever have outside their skiff? I wonder. And that's what we got to figure out now. The other thing that's being pointed out here in the statement is this does not just relate to his time as vice president. There's classified materials dating back to his time in the Senate. He had no authority to walk out anywhere when he's a senator with classified materials. None. He was a chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. What could he possibly have in his possession? He left the Senate in 2008. He's been gone from the Senate for 14 years. And now they're finding documents that were classified from that time frame. No telling how far back into that time frame, maybe more than 14 years. I'm just telling you, the very idea that he went on about Trump being irresponsible, this is unconscionable. All right, I have now broken down the whole situation and brought you up to date to where we are. We're going to start talking about mm, all the side stories that go into this and, and the why. Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. I'm telling you, folks, I've had my coffee. I am caffeined up and ready to roll. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Uh, hey, listen, the text lines have blown up. I'm going to get back to some of those here in a few minutes. I mean, I don't know what's getting more uh, more texting, uh, Boomer, uh, the the question of Biden classified documents chase or coffee. Well, it's one or the other. I see the coffee, the avocados. I mean, all kinds of stuff on here. But then yeah, there's, there's some uh, there's definite some, some Biden doc doc guys on here. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> Jeremy von Huntsville just texted in and said, "Jimmy Hoffa and the second gunner from the Grassy Knoll have both been found in Biden's kitchen drawer." <laughs> <laughs> That's as good. Oh, uh, all right. Hey, look, I got somebody on the phone. I mean, is that yeah. Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How are you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, Phil. Good, good, good. Hey, I got to ask hey, you. Yeah. You spend a lot of time on the road. You drink coffee, don't you? Of course I do. Well, there you go. <laughs> right side ruffian <laughs> drinking coffee. I'm bad for the environment. I drive a diesel truck. Oh, <laughs> no. A diesel. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, wow. going through 100 gallons a day, baby. 
Well, oh man, that's a lot of carbon. That's <laughs> your, your carbon footprint is right up there with John Kerry's. No, no, I don't think I'll ever get that high. <laughs> this is not an airplane. <laughs> well, what's on your mind, bud? Hey, uh, you know, unlike most people, I believe Joe Biden when he says he's, he, t- he takes uh, classified documents seriously. Yeah, you, you're the problem talking is the punctuation. Yeah, the problem is that the, most people reporting on it misses the comma. That's right. Should be a comma between documents and seriously, because I mean that's how he talks. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Come on, man. He just yeah. <laughs> I take documents seriously. I take documents. That's what he. That's what he's saying. Seriously, taking that's documents. Exactly what he said. Uh, yeah, he, he's told everybody that already. So, <laughs> but you know, I mean, he, Jeff, he's if, if, if you or I did this, there would they would the 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 Department of Justice would be swooping down on us with SWAT teams. I mean, you got to know. Well. What I want to know is how much, you know, they, when they raided Trump's house and everything, they took a whole lot more than just documents, and they went through everything he had in there. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know what kind of stuff they're finding in, in Biden's little uh, nooks and crannies that, uh, uh, you know, maybe need to, you know, enlighten somebody. Uh, I wonder if there's anything about the Hunter in there, you know, and the business deals and and the big guy stuff. Well, you got to wonder. I mean, in fact, uh, the 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 fact that they found documents at the Penn Biden Center. I want to know what those were because that was a place where you know I think there was some indication that Hunter used to actually stage meetings over there. And did they have documents to assist those meetings? I I think the world needs to know these things, and we better get a list sometime soon of at the very least the type of content we're dealing with here. Um, because remember all the yeah. stuff we had about Mar-a-Lago? Oh, it was nuclear codes. or No, it wasn't. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I want to know who sent what documents to the uh, Biden Center. Yeah. Uh, you know, how they say, you know, well, well, maybe we need to put – why was it there even in the first place? Yeah, in fact – make the, any sense to me. The, the thing that's, that's not getting talked about much is the Penn-Biden Center didn't even open until a year after he left the vice presidency. So where were those documents in the interim? Did somebody bring them from the White House for him later, or did he have them the entire time? I, uh, my guess is the latter, because who would, whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever Trump was president, who who would have brought him over? Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, we'll see, Jeff. All right, man, we're up against a hard break. Be careful on the road, brother. You have a good one, Phil. You too, bud. Um, yeah, I, I just I just think that we're gonna we're gonna start finding out more and more. And, and I'm not going to be a bit surprised, too, to find out there was something in what Trump had that he shouldn't have had and would make us all kind of go, ooh, that's not good. Um, I don't know. But I do know this. The manner in which they were managed, controlled, and dealt with for Trump was going far better than what we're seeing with Biden. And by the way, they have not even searched his beach house yet. Oh, by the way, where did he spend the weekend? His beach house. I'll tell you about that when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, hour one down. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Bill Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live from the Right Side Studios, local, state, national man. We cover down on all the issues, and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, all right, so we've been talking about the Biden paper chase. And and my point is we need to ask why this is happening. And I'm getting to the point of the asking why piece, but i got to tell you a few other pieces Man, Boomer, the the text lines have gone crazy. Oh, I know. I, I'm trying to keep just, up and ask people who they just, are because we got new ones, and then I get confused about who just. I mean, <laughs> I try to respond to most people, but sometimes I don't get to it. I just got totally. I was in the middle of a sentence. I looked over like like you know <laughs> so blah, many blah, blue dots. Blah blah blah. Squirrel. That's that's exactly what I just did. I, okay, it was it was a total squirrel. I was moment. in the middle of a sentence, and I went Boomer. Look at the <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> God almighty. Okay, anyway. All right, hey, um, let me jump back on it. A few other stories to paint the broad-spectrum picture. So here's one, townhall.com. Headline, White House pulled a fast one on reporters as the DOJ searched Biden's home for more documents. Pray tell, what could this mean? Well, the Biden uh, official calendar had him going home for the weekend. He didn't go home for the weekend. He went to his beach house instead. The White House, it says, misled reporters on Friday, telling them President Joe Biden was visiting his beach home for the weekend, when in fact the Department of Justice was doing another sweep of his Wilmington, Delaware home. Um, hmm. They guess kept that under wraps till they were done. It says, when asked about the sudden change in travel plans for Biden this weekend, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre brushed the question off and simply said the president was going to his Rehoboth Beach House instead, despite the fact that it's the middle of winter. However, in reality, Biden wasn't able to go to his Wilmington residence because the Department of Justice was doing another search of it where they found an additional batch of classified documents. Previously, the White House had told reporters that the search by Biden's DOJ was complete and that all documents had been found. So here's the thing. Part of the broad picture here is they're saying this was prepared in advance and it was consensual and and it it was scheduled, except that he was scheduled to go to his house and he had to change his plans. That needs to be taken into consideration because the president of the United States doesn't go anywhere without an official calendar. And even his official calendar is considered to be a document subject to FOIA requests. So where's the president and who's he with is not supposed to be something that's hidden from the general public. I Granted, I know there's highbrow meetings and things that take place and stuff you have to have deniable plausibility and whatever else, yada, 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 yada. Going to his home or his beach house should not be it. And nonetheless, he was scheduled to go home for the weekend again for like the, I want to say something like the 59th time since he's been elected. Um, He was scheduled to go home, but suddenly he changed his plans. Reporters are asking about it. Oh, it's no big deal. He's just going to go spend the weekend at his beach house. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Everything to see here. He couldn't go home because the pre-scheduled consensual search of his house changed his plans. Interesting. 
Biden docs. Fox News says Biden docs DOJ prosecutors weighing search of Biden's Rehoboth Beach home now. He just spent the weekend there. Isn't that interesting? The place they haven't searched yet. So here's here's what should be happening. If he wants to maintain the the the, the you know the potential for plausible deniability of anything being moved or in some way being, you know, suspect, then Mr. President, quit going to your house while they're still trying to search your house. So the president's house was searched. So what did he do? He went to his beach house. But the beach house is still scheduled to be searched. So now if they find later on that a document was moved or things were shifted or something occurred at the beach house, you're going to have to look at it and go, now we know why you went there, Mr. President, because you were trying to get to it before they did. That's what it feels like. So we've got literally an opportunity now for the president to go, I'm staying at the White House for the weekend, or Camp David for that matter, or friggin' Martha's Vineyard. But no, what's he do? He goes to the suspected places where documents keep turning up. Headline from Fox News, Justice Department prosecutors are reportedly considering a re- requesting a search of President Biden's home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. That story broke out yesterday after he spent the weekend there. Mm. Wow. Okay. Experts begin weighing in. Let's start talking about this. Why did this search happen the way it did? Daily Wire has a piece dated uh, Saturday. Political figures and experts are weighing in on the FBI's search of President Joe Biden's home on Friday, saying that Biden consented to the search. And they say because the next step would have been a search warrant if he hadn't consented. And that's probably true. He, he did not want to have the specter of a sitting president having to have a search warrant on his personal residence. So what did he do? He goes, oh, in an effort to provide transparency, please go search my home for things that I have no idea whether they're there or not. And, oh, you found some? Wow, really? How old are they? I, uh, where'd you find those? In the magazine rack next to the toilet in the master bathroom? What? I mean, who knows where they found them? All I'm saying is experts are saying that literally what was probably going to have to happen because of the the, the reasonable suspicion was that a search warrant was going to be next. And so he had to consent. It wasn't like, oh, we're just trying to help. Uh, Andy McCarthy, former chief assistant U.S. attorney, said that Biden really didn't have a choice. Says, quote, Biden didn't consent to the FBI search because he's Mr. Cooperation. He consented because there was probable cause of crimes. If he didn't agree... The next step would have been a special counsel getting a search warrant, and he wanted to avoid that. And then he, you know what? And Andy McCarthy points out something I said earlier, too. What they found were, some are claiming were six classified documents. No, no. They sound, they didn't find six classified documents. It was a very awkward statement put out by Biden's attorneys. It says six items consisting of documents with classified markings. And we don't know what they mean by item. Was it, like I said earlier, was it a box? Was it an envelope? Was it a dossier? Was it some kind of compounded group of materials which in and of themselves might not have been classified, but grouping them together made them instantly classified? And the highest classification among those documents sets the tone. So if you have five things that are even unclass, and you have one that's secret that adds a little flavor to it, and you're like, oh, the five things suddenly make sense. Now we got a secret, and then you take one more, and you go, and here's a top secret. Oh, shoot. 
This top secret makes the whole thing look kind of wow. And then you have one more is code word protected. Well, guess what? The entire thing together now is code word protected because the highest level of classification within the mix trumps. And that's all there is to it. So we don't know what they found, but we're going to find out. But the reason why he consented, the why, ask yourself why, why would he do this? Why would he say, please, by all means, I don't know what's there. You're welcome to search my underwear drawer. Do what you got to do, fellas. I'm all about transparency. No, no. He had to do it. There was a search warrant right behind it if he didn't. Okay, listen. Rand Paul, uh, I, here's the next part of the why. What, what, what's, okay, look at this. First of all, when Hillary Clinton, when she had her server with all 3,000, or it's the 30,000, classified emails on her server, and her staff actually took it and destroyed it with a hammer to avoid having it, you know, picked up by the DOJ, and they got away with it, ain't nobody wanted to talk about it. Ain't nobody wanted to say nothing. Make no eye contact, nothing to see here. What's going on with Biden now? Why are we seeing suddenly the darling of the media left suddenly being thrown under the bus at every turn? So, is, it, is it because the story is too big to ignore, finally? Or is it because the story is getting bigger because they want it to get bigger? Are they hungry for a story and they don't care? They're actually non-biased and they're going to report on whoever? I don't think so. I don't think they've had a come to Jesus. I don't think they've had a change of heart. I think the liberal media is still the liberal media. I think the liberal media recognizes that Biden's a liability and they want somebody else. And the only way to do it is to stop him from declaring his candidacy. Because right now, if he declares his candidacy, which he could do in the next few weeks, if he declares his candidacy for re-election, then everybody's got to deal with him as the incumbent and trying to support him. And, oh, by the way, you know, God, he's the fundraising magnet now because everybody wants to stay in tune with the current administration. No. What they want to have happen, I think, is they want him to get out of the way. Mr. President, please, please, sir, you're freaking 80 years old. Would you, would you not pretend that you're capable of running for office again? Rand Paul agrees. Here's part of the why. Washington Examiner has a story today. Senator Rand Paul was on Laura Ingram's uh, show over the weekend. Says the media's startling change in last week when it comes to coverage of President Joe Biden's classified document cases show they don't want him to run again, said Senator Sam Paul, Rand Paul. He says, I think if you watch the news cycle, there's a startling difference in the last week or two, particularly over the classified documents and perhaps some of the cor cor corruption charges with Hunter Biden. He said, they've been steadfast in ignoring this for years and really not reporting on it. But Rand Paul went on to explain that the fact that the media reporting on it so heavily now and not necessarily in a good light, indicates that even the Democrats and those in the legacy media are now ready to look elsewhere for a candidate to represent them in the next election. I think we're digging into the why right now. We're going to wrap this up when we get back from the break. I'm just thinking this is more than just, wow, what a good story we have to report on. This, this is a, oh, God, what do we got to do to get him out of the way? Take this story and run with it, y'all. Make it big. Maybe he'll back off. Bill Williams. Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, listen, the text lines have blown up. Lynn from Knoxville uh, says, uh, have you noticed they're empathizing the inadvertently left, uh, emphasizing the inadvertently left classified documents? Yeah, yeah. He's trying to build the Hillary Clinton case, uh, Lynn from Knoxville says. Um, Sean from Winston County, uh, I, would, I, would, I would love the show. Um, and y'all make some aggravating and boring news interesting and fun. Glad. Hey, thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. Brand new on the text line, I guess, today, too. Sean from Winston County. Appreciate you. Um, Tony from Piedmont, uh, we're talking about the why. He says rats are leaving a sinking ship. Um, and then he says, think the Hunter Biden investigation ran across some things. Interesting. Maybe so. I got a caller on the line. Is that Lee? Lee from Huntsville. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. I wanted to uh, answer your uh, why now question. All right. Well, I think, of course, it's to he's outlived his usefulness at this point, mm. and he's becoming more of a detriment than a positive. He was a useful idiot for a while. They could control him. They could. I personally think this is Obama's third term via proxy by some of the people around Biden, right? But, um, I mean, because I just mean the ideas. I don't literally mean he's sitting there controlling things, but it's that ideology, and they're controlling this presidency and the message. And, um, but I think they're, they're wanting to let him know. I, I don't know if it's to get rid of him right away because then we'd be stuck with Kamala Harris and for God's sake, <laughs> to not have that ha- laughing hyena as president, it would be the most embarrassing thing imaginable <laughs> for our country. Well, it, I think it would. I mean, I, I, I think she is the most overhyped, underqualified person. Um, but then I said that about Obama too, but you know what, to your point about, um, Obama's third term. You know who one of the mm-hmm. senior advisors is in the background that we never really hear from, but is truly there every day is Susan Rice. Um, Susan Rice, yes, uh, absolutely, and she's intimately involved yes. in Obama's presidency. So she is now. That's what I mean by continuing the ideology, continuing the message, continuing the plans. Is her as well as there's a couple of others. The guy that runs the Penn Biden Center. Yeah. I don't know if he's still there after all this big mix up. Was one of his main advisors from his vice presidency who was sitting on the stage with him in that video where he's going uh, about the how he told them they had to fire the prosecutor and then and you know all they fired the prosecutor. That video. The guy's sitting on the stage with him. That's that's the guy who who runs the Penn Biden Center. Yeah, that was... It's uh, like a big, giant, incestuous mess up there. Oh, it is. That was was, uh, Mark Carpenter, Michael Carpenter. I've forgotten his name, but then I'll tell you who else also ran the Penn Biden Center for a while, and that was Anthony Blinken, who's now Secretary of State. Um, Right. I mean, it's... It's all you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and I I think that's how it goes. I don't care if it's a Democrat or Republican, but my, my thing is with this is I think it's a warning... And it's a note. You aren't running again. And hey, Kamala, neither are you. So just kind of coast through the next couple of years and then just go off into the sunset. And we don't ever want to hear from you again. Uh, we, we, will, we will see. But uh, mark it down on January 23rd, 2023 at 326 p.m. Lee predicted it. So absolutely. Um, all right, Lee. Appreciate you as always. Thanks so much. Thanks. Um, yeah, that's that's a. That's a pretty good synopsis. I, I, that's where I think we really are. I, I think what we're looking at right now is the the hand of protection has been lifted, uh, and Biden is having to deal with circumstances that he created just by being a knucklehead, and you know, and and finding documents that date back, classified documents that date back to his time. It doesn't mean they're unclassified now, but he had no authority as a senator to remove classified documents from any location where they are to be held. 
And so you, now you've got documents or things. We don't know. They're items. They're items. Items. Items have been found um, that, uh, that date back to his time in the Senate. He left the Senate in 2008. At what point did these documents originate? And why are they just hanging out in his house at least 14, if not more, years later? Well, right now, townhall.com also reports that there's several Democrats now joining Republicans in requesting the investigation against Biden. And I'm telling you, Senator Joe Manchin, Senator Tim Kaine, um, Democrat Representative Katie Porter from California, saying she has questions about the Biden White House and they're responsible for answering questions. And then Manchin himself said the reports about President Biden's mishandling of classified documents are extremely irresponsible and disturbing. These allegations should be investigated fully. That's Democrat Senator Manchin, who is probably still ticked about the way he was treated over some of the spending bills. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's all going on. So, listen, the paper chase, it's more than just taking the story at face value. I just gave you five or six stories that help build the fabric of what we're looking at. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, why is this happening? And why now? To Lee's point, why now? And, and oh, by the way, we may get into more of the who next week or maybe throughout this week. I was on the phone yesterday with a former um, a security official who worked for the, uh, the, the director of national intelligence, trying to get him on the show here later in the week. We'll see how that goes. But the bottom line is this. Why now? And who? Who is the next question? Who are the players in this? Who's making this happen? Who is, who is the one who lifted the veil and everyone said, okay, now it's time? That's, that's a creepy question, but hopefully we'll get to it sometime soon. All right, listen, we're going to move on. The Triple Dipper has got some stuff. I've told you I didn't schedule any special callers today because I had so much content to work with. Number two on the Triple Dipper, law and order. Yeah. Did you see what happened in Atlanta this past weekend? Law and order, man. It's more than just a TV series. We'll talk about it. Phil Williams. Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show extends way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure as I wave my hands in the air. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> just getting into it. Just, just got to sling those other state names in there. And what's funny is I do it, and it's like I'm actually picturing where they are on the map. It's like Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I tell you what else I love too. I love our audience participation. So if you want to text in or call in, the number is 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, Lee from Huntsville just, uh, called in a few minutes ago and Leanne from Huntsville just texted in and said, Oh, goody, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that. Lee's got her own groupies. That's good stuff. Um, uh, what else did I have that I've missed in the text line so far? Uh, yeah, Alice from Huntsville with regards to my statement about, oh, look, they're going to go search the beach house. Oh, where did he spend the weekend? At the beach house. <laughs> Says Biden remembered there were lots of papers at the beach house. He had to go hide them. Yeah, Alice from Huntsville. I'm, I'm agreeing. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs. Um, uh, oh, he's talking about the rocket. He's, this is about the rocket. We're going we're gonna to talk more about the rocket probably tomorrow. Uh, but uh, Weekend Huntsville News, he says, Space and Rocket Center supports the rocket removal at the rest stop. That's interesting. Um, wow. Okay, we'll, we'll see. I mean, what do they want to do with that? I'll, I'll have to find that article. I'll tell you what, uh, JT from Lacey Springs, if you've got an article about that, then uh, send it to me. Um, uh, what else we got here that I haven't even checked on yet? Um, Dustin from Hazel Green, um, he's, uh, oh, he's, he's sending me – I, I guess pictures of uh, things related to the war in Ukraine, um, but um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, and he also got some other stuff on there that I'll have to read up on. Dustin, thank you for that. Uh, John from Pike Road, down way down yonder in Pike Road, um, he says on the Biden documents, how do we know his lawyers, which don't have security clearance, actually turned over everything? That's it's a great point. Now this time the DOJ has been with him, John, so I, he can't just he can't just say. Yeah, uh, hand us those, fellas. We'll take care of that part. Now, the, the DOJ is there now. What, but your, your point is well taken on the Penn-Biden Center. Was there anything else? But I look at it and think, if that's the case, why did they say anything at all? That's the weird part. You know, John uh, from Pike Road, that's, that's the weird part. As you look at it and go, they made, they made sort of an open statement. And you'd love to believe it's just because they're so honest. They just want to do the right thing. And it, I don't believe that for a second. I really don't. And I'm, I'm not even that jaded of a person. I know there's good people in politics and good people in public service. I do. But I just don't trust this situation. This stinks. Um, so, so anyway, there's that. Uh, uh, Doman from uh, Harvest says, what concerns me is who falsified the container storage inventory records. I agree. And what he's referring to there are these documents were supposed to have been in a certain place, a skiff, a, uh, a classified safe, some type of classification marker on it, and there has to be a log of what was removed and when it was brought back. And so did he have a copy, which is not supposed to happen, or did he have something that was logged in and yet not really in? Uh, I'm curious too, Doe Man. Appreciate that. Uh, Raven from Russell says, Coffee is combat go juice. Yes, it is. It's the original Red Bull. Outstanding. He also says, Ray Russell says, I haven't shaved my beard since October 12th, 1979, the day I left the Army. <laughs> All right, man, you must be looking like Ducks, Duck Dynasty. Um, and then uh, what is Dorothy from Elkmont? It's got a topic that I'm not sure I have to read up and see what she's asking me, so I, I can't even get there right now. And then Paul from Huntsville says, easy on the coffee there, brother. (laughs) 
easy. That's not the way you do it. You don't go, I'm going to go light on the coffee today. No, no. You got to get you got to got to get that wired up feeling. All right. Um, hey, let me jump over to the next part of the triple dipper. Law and order. So I'm I'm actually going to reverse the order of these stories I've got in my stack. So here's the first one I'll go with. And this is not all about Atlanta, but Atlanta opens the the gate here uh, on the question of law and order. Because what we're seeing nationwide is an emboldened sense of opportunistic action on the part of criminals. I mean, just, just watch the videos. When do you recall in your lifetime? Certainly not in my lifetime. I do not recall ever seeing the consistent level of criminal activity, things like brazen walking into stores, loading up your arms and walking out and daring somebody to stop you. Or flash mobs that jump out of their vehicles, rush into stores, smash things, grab and run out again with their arms full. And, and, and by the way, so no, that's the kind of thing that we used to see like on those scary nights when they'd have blackouts in New York City or Chicago or wherever else and, and the looting would begin. The looting begins now during the day. They flash mob each other on social media and bam, they show up and raid a store and run out the door with stuff. When have you seen the level of activity we're seeing with homelessness taking up, not just taking up, you know, space on a street corner. It's not just the beggar on the corner with his hat in his hand. Now it's, it's they're consuming whole swaths of downtowns with tent cities. And, and these are not, by the way, these are not just people down on their luck. They are. But that level of, there, there's a deep-rooted mental illness and drug use going on there. There will be onesies and twosies of good people who lost a job. And that's what it used to be. The homeless situation was something, it was either A, it was a hobo, we called him, the person who just, you know, wandered around and didn't really, kind of had an itinerant lifestyle. Or, or it was somebody who was, you know, temporary down on their luck, you know, lost a job trying to figure out what to do next. And, and those things still happen. But the vast majority of what we're seeing is, is an overwhelming amount of mental illness and drug abuse that has got people just living on the streets because that's all they can do. All this is going on right now. Law and order. Where is law and order in all this? You've got, you've got open crime on the subways. In New York. I love New York City, by the way. It was a bucket list. Charlene and I actually kicked off one of the things on our bucket list uh, just a few years ago. Uh, went with some friends in New York City, saw a Broadway play, spent time, you know, in several restaurants we'd heard great things about. I took her to Tavern on the Green, which was like a, uh, a dream come true. Um, and we had an amazing time. I love New York City. New York City has got to get its act together. Crime on the subways. People being pushed on the tracks. It's just, so where does it end? Well, it, it either ends because we take back control of our streets and our cities or it ends with those cities falling into complete lawlessness. Well, Atlanta has got a situation going on that boggles my mind. So Atlanta is trying to build a new police training facility. It's in a wooded area. So the city of Atlanta purchased some land. There was no imminent domain seizure that I'm aware of. If, if somebody's got a story on that, let me know. But it's, to my knowledge, this was a legal purchase of land, and they're going to put a police training center there. Activists for the last year, styling themselves as being sort of like eco-warriors, have occupied the grounds. They have 
threatened and they have they have sabotaged and they have made it difficult for the construction crews. The construction crews can't operate anymore. It's pushing the limits of what the, the construction crews are, are even willing to put up with. It's gotten so bad that it's become a danger to the area. And these eco-warriors, they camp out, they sleep in the trees, they, they, you know, they, they block the roads, they tear up the equipment, they try to tear down things that are being constructed. And, and they just, it just keeps on. Well, it got worse. So you may have heard last week, and I want to say it was Thursday, um, one of those eco-warriors was in the woods sleeping in his tent. He was approached by several police officers, one of whom was a state trooper. And when they got to the site where he was camping, he was confronted. He was not rousted out. He was confronted. He came out with a weapon and began firing. He shot the state trooper in the abdomen, who's going to survive, uh, but he shot the state trooper. The other police officers with him returned fire, and the guy was killed. Okay, let me get this straight. So we got a, a guy who's trespassing on property that's being developed by the police department who, when he was asked what he was doing there, pulled a gun and shot one police officer and was then killed, and then what happens? Antifa calls for a night of rage for police brutality in Atlanta. So story I've got here, a Washington Examiner. There is, I've set the stage now. Washington Examiner says, so you haven't heard any outrage from the left, have you? You haven't seen any President Joe Biden calls for calm, have you? You say left-wing street violence gets excused by the liberal media? Well, you're right. Uh, it says the most the left can ever do in response to most violent street protests is some mild tut-tutting along the lines of saying things like, understandable rage boiling over a bit too far. One CNN guest, a guy named David Peisner, even said that, quote, this idea that breaking windows or acts of property destruction are the same as actual violence against humans, well, that's a dangerous and slippery concept. They rioted in downtown over the weekend. Rioted. And it, and it kind of got nuts. And the police officers in Atlanta did an amazing job. Without having to pull their weapons or shoot anybody, they were able to quell the violence, take down the, uh, the, the, the protesters, I mean, they're burning vehicles, smashing windows of, they're setting off explosives. They attacked police cars. I mean, this is no small thing. This is like hearkening back to the, uh, the riots we had in 2020. Story I've got here, though, in terms of law and order, townhall.com talks about the fact that, you know, literally when this happens, when this kind of thing happens, we have to confront it. And the reason why they've been allowed to... Um, to get this far is because they've been enabled. Somewhere along the line, they've been mollycoddled into believing that they have a right to this kind of protest. We're going to stop it. Now, there's a difference between having your right to freedom of speech and your peaceful assembly and burning and looting and smashing and firing shots at police officers. Not the same thing. The Washington Examiner story I had first, written by Quinn Hillier, who's from Alabama, he ends it by saying, these were not peaceful protesters. These were domestic terrorists. They deserve no leniency. Prosecute them to the full extent of the law, please, and plop them in prison for a long, long time. I agree. I agree. And that happened right next door in Atlanta. I got more, though. There's things happening. Around. Have you heard about the church attacks? Yeah. Stay tuned. 
I got news for that. We're going to take a break right now. We'll come right back. I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper, Law and Order. Your thoughts on it? You're welcome to call in, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right making it cool to be a conservative hey before i go any further i got to tell you folks uh riley and jackson law firm so these these are friends of mine and they are a solid well-respected firm they're based out of birmingham they work statewide and they're doing some major cases right now they're working a lot on that camp lejeune water contamination case if you if you were at camp lejeune between the years 1953 in 1987, that's a big spread. But if you were there between those time frames, it doesn't matter if you were a service member yourself, you might have been a dependent or a contractor. Between 1953 and 1987, Riley and Jackson has like five lawyers working those cases. So yeah, you need to call and check out whether or not you have a potential claim because it's been confirmed. 19 different major illnesses attributed to a confirmed case of water contamination that the government knew about and didn't handle. Um, the other thing they're working on right now is firefighting foam cases. If you if you were a firefighter and you were working uh, with firefighting foam or in the military using firefighting foam, you may have been exposed to a carcinogenic version of that foam. So, yeah, they're working those cases, too. But I'll tell you, these folks, they've literally got like like several decades worth of experience at just making people whole because of the negligence of others. So the two cases I just named are not the only things they do. They do a ton of work. I've worked with them. I've worked with them on issues and cases. I mean, these are these are folks that I do consider to be friends of mine, and they're also the kind of law firm that's not just right on the law. They're also right on the politics, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm going to give you their number, Riley and Jackson. Please give them a call if you have a need. They will not charge you for the phone call. They only get paid if you get paid. Riley and Jackson, you ready? Here's the number, 205-879-5000. That's Riley and Jackson, 205 879 5,000. And do me a favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio because they're kind of tracking, you know, how many people come in from these ads uh, that I'm doing. Oh, here's that thing I got to do. Remember, you got to time it. You ready? Yeah. Tell me when you're ready. Uh, yeah. No representation made the quality legal service report, a great quality legal service report, the lawyers. Did I, what I do? I, I don't know if I did this right. I don't know if I did it right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I put 2.35. You, you, Put two point three. No, I didn't put it on there. That's what I got. It was two point three five. That would be like your all time fastest. <laughs> Maybe I should do it like the the with the accent. No, no. representation is <laughs> made that the Slow quality of none of them legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of them legal <laughs> services performed by some other lawyer down yonder down the road. Here, hold my. I beer. like that one. Hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> That one took seven and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whole segment. A whole segment devoted to a disclaimer. 
Uh, okay. JT for Lacey Springs. He said it was 2.8. So are you timing me, JT? Are JT you re- probably is J- timing you. JT maybe. He says 2.8. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even sure I used English on that one. I just, it, it, I think I was, I was speaking Phil E's on that one. Um, all right. Hey, listen, law and order. And we're going to cover more of this when we get back. But there's, there's, there's things that are happening that some of them are flying under the radar or they're not getting reported the way they should, not the least of which, in my opinion, is the fact that we have seen a massive increase in criminal actions against churches. Now, something about this just feels like double wrong. I don't know. It's like, is there no place of sanctuary anymore? Is there no, is there no, is there no respect for you know, the, the church? I mean, it used to be, at the very least, criminals uh, felt the need to be constrained when it came to the church. It doesn't appear that way anymore. Uh, story on Fox News, dated today. Attacks against Catholic churches approached 300 incidents since May of 2020. Since hundreds of Roman Catholic churches have been attacked since the violence that erupted nationwide following the George Floyd uh, death and rioting in May of 2020. Since May of 2020, there have been nearly 300 attacks against U.S. Catholic churches across the nation, according to a tracker by a group called Catholic Vote. So the religious nonprofit organization noted that while the riots and looting mostly died down the summer of 2020, the attacks on Catholic churches have nonetheless continued and escalated. The attacks against churches include arson, broken windows, decapitated statues, satanic graffiti. Some 118 incidents were logged since the May of 2022 leak of the draft Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs, the the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, so, So basically you've got, it's right at 275 attacks on just on Catholic churches that we know of. 118 of those have been since the abortion verdict was leaked out. And it says, while some of the attacks did involve theft, the vast majority just were simply destruction of property. The primary motive is not material gain, says the report. Uh, a group called the Family Research Council, um, which we had General Jerry Boykin uh, on the show here not long ago. He's a uh, vice president of Family Research Council. They released a report in December saying that hostility against churches is on the rise in the United States and found there were a total of 420 acts when you consider Protestant and Catholic. Total of 420 acts of hostility against 397 churches around the nation between 2018 and 2022. So we're looking at a four-year span. So the attacks took place across 45 states in Washington, D.C., and only 25% of those have resulted in an arrest. Um, What's up with that? I mean, then there's the whole pro-life facilities and the constant level of barrage of attacks they've been facing since the Dobbs decision came out. I'm telling you, law and order. If you want law and order, you got to find a way to put some respect back into the culture. And part of it, I mean, I look at it and think, is nothing sacred anymore? Attacks on churches up all around the nation. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. How is it possible that we're in hour number three, Boone? Wow, I know. I, <laughs> I, I was just going and looking at the clocks and stuff, and I was, oh, wow, hour number three. We're starting it right now. It's, it just it's like crept up on me. I, um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm in uh, number two of the Triple Dipper, Law and Order. Uh, and I can I got a, oh, I got a caller held on the line. Didn't, mm-hmm. Is that Brian? Yes, sir. Yeah, Brian from Huntsville. How are you, my brother? Uh, doing well. And other than all this stuff, violence against churches and such, because go back in time and the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, and quite a few others at different times, depending on how large the church was, they'd be open 24-7 for you to come in and pray and worship, and it yeah. didn't matter who you were, yeah. whether you were a criminal or not, they would give you sanctuary for time enough for you to worship and confess if you wanted to. And even the smaller ones would very often have somebody there that you could knock on the door and get it that lived in the area. So you're biting the hand that feeds you. You're you're throwing away good manna. No, that's that's exactly right. And there's there's a to me it's almost like there's a uh, sort of a scratching and clawing and desperation of what I would call the criminal element. Now it's like they don't care. And they're just going to take down whatever they can in the process of not caring. Because they don't believe in something higher. Used to be in the past, even a lot of criminals believed in something higher than themselves. Yeah, I, I, I agree. My opinion. Hey, you Brian, one, appreciate Thank you, man. You. Thanks. Um, wow. Yeah, well, he's right. And, 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 that's, and that's the thing is we cannot keep mollycoddling the breaking of our laws. If we're going to be a nation of laws, they mean nothing if they just remain on paper. If you have laws on the books, but they are not laws that are enforced, then you have nothing. All you have is a piece of paper. If you are a nation of laws, it means that there's an enforcement action. And there are, by the way, punitive measures in place to prevent you from wanting to do it again, to make it untenable for you to want to do it again. In fact, I, I've seen certain things when I was in the legislature. We had we had certain bills where we would raise it from a uh, uh, like a, a misdemeanor to a, a felony or a class C felony, even just just you know getting it up there, because some criminals saw the misdemeanor as just part of the cost of doing business. Ah, it's just a misdemeanor, man. Who cares? I'm gonna do it. I'll be I'll be out tomorrow. Uh, had to make it a felony to put some teeth in it. Listen, part of this criminal element is, is to me, is, is the, the lack of respect that we're seeing on churches. We're seeing the lack of respect for, you know, even the court system. It amazes me what's going on. So right now, Fox has got a story dated today that protesters are out in front of Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home again, protesting outside his personal residence for daring to rule on a case. Says a group of pro-choice protesters gathered outside the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh on the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. They can't let it go. We are desperate to kill babies. That's what. Anyway, the protesters converged on the sidewalk outside of Kavanaugh's Chevy Chase, Maryland home. The march appeared to be organized by the far left group known as Our Rights DC. Uh, they posted a Twitter. They tweeted a poster inviting people to participate in the march and then also to 
go to a concert to raise money for the D.C. abortion fund. God. They've got a like a GoFundMe to help people kill babies. Anyway, there was law enforcement in front of his house. I'm glad to hear we've got that taken care of now. Uh, pointing out in the article that uh, there's been multiple protests in front of his house before, even to the point of uh, an assassination attempt with somebody who traveled all the way from California uh, and was armed to do the job. Um, but let me turn over to the other place of lawlessness. You know, sometimes lawlessness breeds lawlessness. And it's like a cascading effect. And you can, you can look at cause and origin, and you can, you can begin to determine where it's going to go next. You can find the threads. And, and, and the, the, in my opinion, the vast majority of things being dealt with in this nation right now could be stemmed by just literally curtailing the, the, the massive influx of people across our southern border. I mean, literally. You've got strains on city services. You've got, you know, you've got uh, criminal elements in the streets. You've got fentanyl just destroying lives across our nation, destroying lives. Overdoses on fentanyl are beyond anything we've ever seen before. And the southern border is the, is the, 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 you know, the point of origin. When, when, I was in, when I was in Baghdad, we get mortared, which I got mortared a lot. When I was in Baghdad and we got mortared, you, you immediately had what's called the poo, the point of origin. Then the, if you could designate the poo, you knew how to go and find. I, I'll never forget this, uh, Boomer. I, was, I literally got to come home on leave, and I was watching the news talking about Baghdad and I could see my fob in the distance and I could, and and they were, they were filming a Mahdi militia mortarman. He was an insurgent mortarman launching mortars towards my fob. I literally got on the phone and called and said, you know where the point of origin is, don't you? And I, and I told him what I could see on a news report. Um, that was, that was surreal. But, um, but yeah, when you know the point of origin of something, you go after it. And that's what we would do. We would have a QRF that was stationed and if we could designate the poo within a certain distance, we we rolled out the gates and tried to take them down. They were fast. They they had the they they pre-designate their firing points and they would lay them all down and they'd mark them on the concrete and they'd come back and they'd throw down the tube, launch a few rounds, and jump in the car and head out again. But nonetheless, my analogy is this: as I I'm digressing a bit, my analogy is this: the southern border is our poo. All right, it's our point of origin, and the point of origin is got to be stymied. Story here on Fox. A major border city is on the brink of collapse because of Biden's immigration policies, local officials say. Dateline today says Yuma, Arizona is a major border city on the brink of collapse as the migrants surge under President Biden's leadership overloads food banks and hospitals and threatens food security. Here's a quote from Yuma County Supervisor Jonathan Lyons. Lyons. He says, policies need to be changed when you see an unprecedented amount of people coming across the border that even supersedes what we saw under any other presidents for the last 30 years. And they're coming because they say that Biden told them to come, that we have an open border. It's only going to get worse under these policies, and Biden needs to reassess. Five million, five million migrants have crossed through the southern border since Biden took office. Since Biden took office, the population of Alabama has come across the border. Are y'all hearing that? The population of the entire state of Alabama, men, women, and children, 5 million have come across the border. And another Yuma resident said, 
we see a couple more big waves still coming, and we can't support that. It's going to overwhelm things. Not only that, here's the other piece. Yuma's fields, crop fields, they're, they're row crop farmers out there. They produce 93% of the nation's leafy green vegetables during the winter months. And they have faced massive amounts of migrant traffic tramping through the fields, damaging crops and creating the possibility of foodborne illnesses. They have to destroy some fields because they can't harvest them after they've come just tramping through them. But it gets better. <laughs> Daily Wire, dated yesterday. The terror watch list arrests at the southern border soar under the Biden administration. It's not just, you know, uh, Juan and his family from Central America coming looking for a better life and they came illegally. No. Some of these people are on the terror watch list. It says the number of people on the nation's terror watch list who have been arrested at the southern border have soared under the Biden administration, according to a new report. U.S. Customs and Border Protection data jumped from just three arrests in 2020 to 100 in 2022. Terror watch list jumped from three to 100. It says in 2023, a total of 38 individuals have already been arrested on the terror watch list already this year. This is January. They've already arrested 38 on the terror watch list. They're way ahead of pace from last year's high of 98 in one year. In 2021, it says Biden's first year in office, 15 arrests from the terror watch list occurred at the southern border. The number was five times higher than the last year under the Trump administration. During the whole four years of President Trump, only 11 individuals on the terror watch list were arrested at the southern border. 11 in four years. We've had 38 so far in 2023 on the terror watch list. Now, some might say, well, they're, they're doing a better job. They're, they're catching them better. No, they're not. There's more of them coming because they know the border's freaking open. That's what's happening. Not the least of which is this just disgusting 17-year-old individual who's an MS-13 gang member who strangled, who apparently raped and strangled an autistic young lady uh, in Maryland. Police got him. He's here illegally. He's an MS-13 gang member here illegally who is now being held on charges of rape, robbery, and murder. That shouldn't have happened. Story there in Fox News dated uh, two days ago. And then lastly, I'll finish with this. National Guardsmen are on the border down there uh, as part of Operation Lone Star in Texas. And we just had a National Guard soldier Friday, I believe it was, um, who had to shoot a migrant because the migrant was fighting him as he was trying to detain him. And the migrant grabbed for his gun Story on military.com, which is, by the way, a liberal military site. If you read the article, it goes on to talk about how maybe the guard shouldn't even be there, whatever. The bottom line is this. A young specialist who's an infantryman assigned to the Texas National Guard uh, on Operation Lone Star um, shot a migrant in the shoulder because the migrant had um, tried to seize his firearm and wrestle with him while they were trying to detain him. And I'm just telling you, folks, my concern is it's only going to get worse from there if we don't see something stop. Law and order. Antifa in Atlanta. Churches being vandalized nationwide. Soft on crime policies with DAs who let people walk and just, you know, of their own recognizance. And, and then the southern border, that's the point of origin for so much. And we got to stem it. All right, there, I gave you a broad swath. 
It ain't all bad out there, but folks, there's some stuff that needs to be dealt with. All right, let's take a break, Boomer. We'll come right back, and we'll go ahead and jump to number three in the Triple Dipper. I'm calling this one, we know woke when we see us, we, when we see it. Don't try to tell us it ain't there. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time hey folks listen one of our original actually yeah truly one of our original sponsors zla solutions they've been with the show since we started and they are doing an amazing amount of work right now uh putting people and jobs together so zla solutions you can find them on their website zlausa.com but ZLA Solutions, they do all kinds of business and solutions. They can do your you know, quality control, your warehousing logistics help. They can sorting and containment, um, shipping and receiving. But their bread and butter is also staffing. And so right now, they are literally having an amazing record of putting people and jobs together. If you're looking for a job, then you can just check them out at ZLAUSA.com. Jobs are posted right now all over the state of Alabama. But they've also got, by the way, the ability to help you as an employer. If you're an employer needing to fill out the ranks of your workforce, then yeah, ZLA Solutions. You ought to check them out. They can do all the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing, blue collar, white collar, no collar, it don't matter. ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And by the way, I happen to know that they are recruiting right now for some uh, high-tech white-collar jobs uh, in uh, Redstone Arsenal. Uh, this would be a brick-and-mortar job, report for duty uh, on station there, but it's going to be good, good work. And um, So, yeah, uh, check them out, ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. Um, all right, this next section. So I, I, I literally was, was resourcing the show this morning, and sometimes, I think I've told you all before, I go into the show – or into the end of the morning, already knowing what topics I'm going to cover. Maybe it's a news cycle that I see, like the, like, the, like the Biden paper chase. All right. I knew I was going to do one on that today. Others, though, the triple dipper, I'm like, I'm, I'm watching the headlines. I'm looking at stories. Sometimes it's a thread, and I, I see a story, and I realize, wait a minute, I saw another story kind of like that a minute ago. Oh, wait a minute. They said this over here. Well, that happened this morning. So I'm calling this section of the Triple Dipper, we know woke when we see it. Well, there was a, there's a, a landmark case years ago regarding uh, obscenity. Uh, and, and the Supreme Court justice, and i got to go back and look at it now, but the Supreme Court justice who ruled on this says we know when something is obscene when we see it. In other words, people know. Don't try and gaslight me. Going, well, that one might be explainable because the person really, you know, didn't mean to take their clothes off at that particular moment. Well, they, yes, they did. We know obscenity when we see it. Well, in this case, I named this section, we know woke when we see it. The reason why I did that was because, aside from finding certain articles that were just like, oh, God, the epitome of just like 
this woke grossness is I began to find stories. The first one I've got came from ABC News. The headline, what does woke mean and why are some conservatives using it? How about this one from the Miami Herald? Americans want to know what Governor DeSantis' definition of woke is. He's not saying. (laughs) How about this one from The Guardian? The war on wokeness, the year the right rallied around a made-up menace. You hear what I'm saying? Multiple news stories coming out at roughly the same time frame that all seem to, A, take offense at the use of woke, B, tell you why maybe you shouldn't use the word woke, and C, just trying to poo-poo the whole idea that woke even exists. Well, we know woke when we see it. Don't try and tell us that drag queen story hour makes good sense to you. We know stupid when we see it. We know, we know woke when we see it. How about this? Don't try and tell us that pedophiles didn't really mean anything by it. Yes, they did. And they knew what they were doing. How about this? Don't try and tell us the southern border is really about trying to be there for people who need a better life. No, it's not. It's an attempt to restructure our society at this point. How about this? Don't try and tell us that literally you need to be able to sexualize kindergartners through new you know, curriculum that you're trying to get introduced to the school system. No, you don't. You have no business doing that. Teach them how to read. We know woke when we see it. We, we can look at it and, and see it, and we know it's there. And right now, the definition happens to be woke, or the word, the term, happens to be woke. And some are even taking offense at the use of the word woke. (sighs) You can't make this up. ABC News, in what has to be one of the most liberal pieces of tripe that I have ever printed off. Phil, did you go to ABC News? I did. Had to. Story was dated January 20th, what, three days ago. Taking just issue with the fact that conservatives would dare to use the word woke. Don't you know that's racist for you to grab that word? That word's been used in black culture. That word has been originally coined by, I'm quoting here, coined by progressive black Americans and used in racial justice movements in the early to mid-1900s. It's, it's, it's their word. You can't have it. Well, I want to remind you where the rainbow came from. I want to remind you the word gay didn't always mean homosexual. Sometimes words get used, and you got to deal with it, I guess. We're being told that the rainbow doesn't mean the promise of God. It's the pride flag. Well, how about this? Woke, we know woke when we see it. And we're going to keep using the word woke as long as we feel like it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, and 
Just plain right. Time now, 4.34 p.m. That means it's go-home mode for a bunch of y'all on a Monday afternoon. Hey, listen, by the way, earlier in the show, hope you guys heard it, uh, talked about my love of coffee. <laughs> and now liberals are saying that, you know, hey, people should drink less coffee in order to protect the environment. Well, forget that. And here's one way you can, you can reject the liberal wokeness is by going to Just Love Coffee Cafe. That's what I'm saying. You want to beat a liberal? Go to Just Love Coffee Cafe. And, uh, and if they're going to go ahead and say that climate activism means they're going to start taking back our coffee, I'm saying that we're going to do like we did in the past with things like Chick-fil-A and all that. We're just going to go storm Just Love Coffee Cafe and load up. But, yeah, take, check it out, though. They do have amazing dry roast, award-winning dry roast. They can grind the beans fresh, make you a steaming cup of hot black coffee, light roast, medium dark roast. They've also got what Charlene calls the treat coffees. They've got the espressos, the lattes, the cappuccinos. Got great service, great environment, and it's so worth your time. The food there is excellent. Today I'm focusing on the coffee, though. Uh, Check it out. Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations in our listening area. One on Hughes Road in Madison and the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. And, uh, and yeah, tell them you heard about it at Right Side Radio. Um, I would appreciate that. I get the biggest kick out of Travis uh, telling me once in a while. He, he has people come in going, ah, we heard about it on this Right Side Radio. And that's good. That's good. Just love Coffee Cafe. Y'all check it out. Um, okay. I'm wrapping up the show with number three of the Triple Dipper. We know woke when we see it. Got a piece here from ABC News that literally tells us that we are not supposed to use the word. This is a term in one of its contemporary meanings began to gain more popularity at the start of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2014. The Ferguson, Missouri protests that year, they say, helped wake many people up to the social injustices of police brutality against the black community. And they go on to say, basically, now Republicans have tried to co-opt the word woke. They tried to co-opt the word woke by some Republicans as a pejorative term to signify the identity-based social justice issues that some Democrats and progressives push for. Blah, 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 blah. It says the pressure against wokeness in Florida has already led to the apparent erasure of race-related content. No, it was CRT content in curriculums. And oh, by the way, it had an entire section on black gender queer theory in a high school textbook. But no, the pressure against wokeness has led to the apparent erasure of race-related content and education, including the rejection of an AP African-American history course. It was not an AP African-American history course. (laughs) Unbelievable. What a liberal bunch of tripe. But the point they're trying to make here is you can't use the word woke. It's not yours to use. You can't have it. Stop that right now. As we were going to the break, I made the point. Do you remember back in the day when the word gay meant happy? The original definition of gay is meaning happy. I'm feeling gay today, you know, and we'll all be gay when Johnny comes marching home. I mean, that was, that was a different era. When did the word gay mean homosexual? Who co-opted that word and nobody said boo about it? How about the rainbow flag? Pray tell, why did they choose the rainbow flag of all things? Why did they choose the rainbow as a symbol? What is the rainbow? It's a symbol of God's covenant. His word says, I have placed my, my bow in the clouds as a covenant between me and thee after the flood. So yeah, I'm looking at this going, okay, they can co-op God's promised his symbol. They can co-op the word gay. And in any number of other examples, I could probably sit down and, and pencil out. 
but we can't use the word woke. Well, I got news. We know woke when we see it, and we're just going to keep using the word. How you like me now? Here's an example of the kind of things that when I see it, I, don't tell me that's not woke. That's gross. The Daily Caller has a piece about an organization that claims to be for child protection, but what they're really doing is fighting to allow pedophiles to have access to things that feed their prurient interests. It's a group called the Prostasia. That's P-R-O-S-T-A-A-S-I-A, like Prostasia, the Prostasia Foundation. It's a nonprofit that claims to work to prevent child sex abuse, but what they really do, though, is they, they help with fetish activities. They help pedophiles have access to things like kitty porn and kitty dolls. So maybe they'll stay away from the kids because they've got something else over here to occupy their time and their interests. And the fact is, all they're doing is feeding the beast. This is woke. This is what woke does. When woke looks more, looks less at the victim and more at the victimizer, you're woke. Don't try and tell me you're not. We know woke when we see it. Prostasia Foundation. What a gross concept. They say they have zero tolerance for child sexual abuse, and yet Michael Salter from the University of New South Wales, he wrote, they don't have a victim focus, full stop. Their energies are taken up by defending pedophile access to cartoons of child sex abuse and child sex abuse dolls. It's an awful situation. And what we have here is a societal move to wokeness that says, go soft on the crime. We got to figure out how best to help the victimizer. Oh, the victim? Ah, we'll do that another time. How about this? We know woke when we see it. What about restaurants that say you can't eat here because you don't believe like we do? I'm sorry. I thought that was Jim Crow era stuff. I thought we got rid of that. Here's a story from Daily Wire. Gianno Caldwell, who's a Fox News political analyst, he's done a great job in the past year. He's the one who talked about his brother being shot on the streets of Chicago. And Gianno Caldwell was in North Miami, Florida, at a restaurant with some other friends. And they were having a group discussion. And they were talking about, oh, I don't know, conservative things. And the restaurant owners approached him and said they were no longer welcome there because they weren't politically aligned. He said, this is Gianno Caldwell talking, who happens to be black, by the way. He said, situation reminds me of something that MLK said in 1963, a very simple truth. He said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. He said, what I experienced yesterday, me and some of my neighbors who I'm just getting to know, was an injustice. It was a grave injustice. He was actually asked, are you a conservative? And he said, yes. He said, in fact, I have a book called Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. You should get the book. And then the owner he told the owner about his brother who was shot and killed in Chicago. And then he was told basically, well, you need to leave because you don't align with us. In fact, the words they use were, here's the woke part. You ready? Our views don't align. And the language you're using is not welcome in our space. We know woke when we see it. Don't try and tell us we can't use the word woke. Don't try to tell us we don't know what it is. How about this one? An Illinois theater... Fox News, story dated January 21st. That'd be, what, two days ago? A theater in De Plains, Illinois, canceled a conservative group's event saying it received a bombardment of threats. The De Plains Theater pulled the plug on a panel discussion on reforming sex education scheduled for early February by conservative activist group Awake Illinois. Awake Illinois learned the De Plains Theater opted to halt the contract of the Coalition for Kids event 
due to threats of physical violence aimed at the event. So basically, you can you can you can protest in the streets. You can you can burn. You can loot. You can do all the things you want to do. You can hold events where you decry the most common things of of, of value in, in in American culture. You can attack churches, but don't have a don't have a panel discussion on how to reform sex education for our kids, or we'll threaten you. We can see woke. We know woke when we see it, and we're seeing it. And we're seeing it right here. It says the group drew the ire of LGBTQ activists after unspecified comments that unspecified comments that sparked intense backlash. Well, we will have none of it. We will come down there and do violence to you. How dare you have an opinion? Oh, well, that's see, that's what woke is. Part of wokeness is daring you to have an opinion and telling you that what you're right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And sometimes that's big corporations. How about the L.A. Rams? Holy smokes. Redstate.com, story that came out yesterday. Los Angeles Rams tell their fans to donate to Democrat anti-gun groups following a mass shooting. So we had a horrible situation with a mass shooting, which I'm still trying to get my hands around what all took place. I didn't want to bring it on the show today. But um, in Monterey Park, California, there was a mass shooting. Ten people were killed, ten more injured. And among those offering condolences, according to Red State, is the Los Angeles Rams football team. The organization took to social media to offer solidarity with the Monterey Park community. And all of those, it was in, a, it was in a, uh, an Asian community. They were celebrating the Chinese Lunar New Year. The sentiment should have been enough, the article says. But in California, nothing is ever enough. So the Rams decided to push it a step further and promote the anti-Second Amendment group called Every Town for Gun Safety, as if guns were the problem not unchecked criminal behavior and soft on crime policies. It says every town for gun safety is an anti second amendment activist group founded by billionaire, Michael Bloomberg, who was also the mayor at one point of New York city, one of the most violent cities in America. It's a Democrat political organization. It pledged over $60 million of Democrat candidates in 2020, and they continue to work to influence elections. And that's all well and good. But the LA Rams say in the wake of the shooting, we encourage everyone to, give money to this anti-Second Amendment activist group that supports Democrat candidates. Look, y'all, we can see it. We know woke when we see it. Don't try and tell us it ain't there. I'm going to tell you right now. I'll get into this is the last of this we get back if I have time, but listen, we're going to take a break right now, wrap up the break for the last break of the day, and, and wrap up the segment when we come back. We know woke. Don't try and tell us we can't use the word. And oh, by the way, don't pretend like you don't know it's there either. Because you do. You know full well what's happening. Just go ahead and admit it. Pretending it's not real. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and 
just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. The text lines went bananas today. I didn't even, golly, bum, I can't even do justice to the number of people. Remember, we have, what, hundreds of people in our tech system now, right? Yes. Like yeah, hundreds, we're getting up there. I mean, hundreds of people. Hundreds. And the podcast you said earlier was almost at 110,000. Did we hit 110? <laughs> well, let's look and see. Oh, bet, my maybe, gosh. Maybe, maybe. If not, we will tonight. Uh, let's see I would here. Bet. Uh, no, not yet. Where are we Just at? Just a few 109, more. 109,000 like 78. Okay, well, that means we, okay, we got a bit more to go. All right, all right. Um, okay, well, listen, folks, if you if you like the show, if you want to hear a part again, if you missed a part you want to catch up on, or you want to send somebody a link to it, uh, Boomer takes a show every single day and and puts it up in podcast form. So you get, you get the whole show or a segment of the show. If all you want to hear is one piece, it'll be labeled. If you want to hear my monologue again, it's, it's labeled as the Right Side Way and has a title for it. Uh, like today, it was called Right Side Way, Get Your Hands Off My Coffee. Uh, you'll see that up there uh, on the podcast, but but literally, uh, we we have almost a hundred and ten thousand downloads of the uh, the Right Side Radio podcast. Um, and then uh, Boomer, what's our second biggest audience? Is it still California? Our second biggest audience is still California, <laughs> Ohio, North Carolina, and Missouri. That's crazy. Our next. That is crazy. That's crazy, <laughs> but I love it. Um, but yeah, listen, folks, you can always find it down there. I will tell you this too. If, uh, if you want to advertise your business on right side radio, we are syndicated across the Northern half of the state, multiple AM and FM channels. And, uh, and we sell our own advertising. So if you want to advertise on this show, for sure, you got to call us or contact us. You can go to our website. You can send us an email through the website, or you can call the number 833-687-4448. And, uh, that's 833-68-RIGHT during show hours and Boomer can grab the phone. We'll take down your info. But, yeah, if you want to advertise on Right Side, we would love to talk to you. Um, hey, listen, I got a huge amount of text on this thing about woke, and I'm going to go into my last story on it. I just, I just skipped a couple of them. I'm going to the last one. But I'll tell you this. Ike from Somerville, this, all he says is say nope to woke. I agree with you, Ike. Um, John from Huntsville says, here's a movie pitch. Instead of Dumb and Dumber, how about Woke and Woker? Like, that, could be, that could be actually pretty funny. Uh, Jim from Madison says, all this woke stuff is so queer. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to go there. I mean, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a play on words. Uh, Jay from Hartzell, he says, the whole wokeism movement is nothing more than an anchor holding back anyone who wants to affect positive change. It's terrible for this generation. I agree, Jay. Outstanding. Um, new, new on the text line today, Barry from Huntsville. Barry, we're glad you're in the, uh, in the audience, man. Right side ruffian. Uh, Adam from Decatur, he says, I drink one to two pots of coffee a day. So libs can just, you know, have at it. Anyway, um, Tony from Piedmont, uh, what did he have there? Mm, oh, with regards to wokeness, and I said we would know it when we see it. He says, God will tell you, you'll hear it, you'll smell it, you'll taste it, you'll see it, you'll know what to do. Uh, I'm with you, man. Chris from Gadsden, Phil, you know it's raining. The left is not peeing on your leg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that sounds like a lot, like a line from, uh, outlaw Josie Wales. Um, Brian from Huntsville woke is just an equipment failure. Kind of like Janet Jackson's Super Bowl halftime show. Ah, I'm not sure what to say to that, but okay. Um, and then we had several great, uh, another new texture on the line, Scott from Huntsville. Scott, we're glad you're in the audience. Uh, thanks for joining us. Right side ruffian. Um, 
and then I had just a ton more that were still back in the uh, the time frame of the uh, the 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 Dipper when I was doing uh, Law and Order. Um, I will say this, Boomer, you you timed my my legal disclaimer at two point three two five seconds. I think it was yeah, right? uh, two point three five. So JT from Lacey Springs said it came in at two point eight. He I, timed it. I guess I was just I was just too quick on the gun today. But Leanne from Huntsville says she timed it at two point six. Oh. Oh. So now we got to average the three. <laughs> 2.3 plus 2.6 plus 2.8. It looks like my rough estimate is somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.5. I'm just just, just saying. You add it up together and do an average? Yep. Oh. Let's see here. Am I right? 2.5-ish? You're right in there. All right. You're going to – we'll just say <laughs> you're right in there right now. All right. I have three independent timekeepers assessing me. <laughs> uh, we know woke when we see it. Last article that I'm going to cover, I just skipped over a few others. Um, uh, 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 just a, an awful liberal piece of the Miami Herald. The title of it is, Americans want to know what Governor DeSantis' definition of woke is, but he's not saying. Really? That's what you're going with, dude? Fabiola Santiago wrote this piece in the Miami Herald. Well, Fabiola, I'm pretty sure you're full of crapola because you and I both know what this is. When you see Governor DeSantis pushing back against critical race theory, you can call that woke and everybody knows what it is. When Governor DeSantis is pushing back against the sexualization of children in K through three, just K through three, we know what that is. That's wokeness trying to perpetrate itself upon children. When we see things like Antifa pushing back against the police for daring to shoot one of their Antifa members who shot a police officer in Atlanta, we know what that is. We can see it. Don't try and tell us it doesn't exist. So the Miami Herald Fabiola Santiago piece dated January 20th, which will be Friday, says the aspirational Florida governor waves the word woke around like a sword. Woke this, woke that, wokeness, anti-woke, woke mob. What exactly is your definition of woke, sir? And then he goes on to, of course, intone racism. He says, I know it has racial tones because it sounds like Ebonics. Uh, did he say that? He did. He said, I know it. he uses it to incite his followers in that way, but what, he is, what is he killing when he says Florida is where woke goes to die? And he goes on to talk about the fact that this is, uh, is wrong for the, the governor of Florida to co-opt a word that came from black culture. Shut up. But then you also got, by the way, he just takes issue with anybody daring to question something that came from a liberal perspective. I'm going to tell you right now, right side ruffians, y'all know woke when you see it. You know when they're trying to change culture to be something that is wrong by claiming it's right, when they're trying to justify as opposed to deal with, when they're trying to rationalize things away as opposed to um, facing down the issues of the day. Listen, we know woke when we see it, and they can't tell us that literally... We don't know it. You know why? Because we're smarter than they are. And oh, by the way, like Charlene says, there's more of us than there are of them. Keep using the word woke. You know it when you see it, and you know what to do. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Have an amazing night. Boomer and I back here tomorrow at 2. We'll see you then.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right.